Hey there, welcome to the Get More at Bats podcast. I'm Amar, he's Jamie, and you're in for the time of your life. On this podcast, we discuss how sales leaders and account-based sellers can do a better job in building more sales pipeline. All right, so here we go. Now, on the agenda today are some interesting factoids, but they're not just simple factoids, they're deadly factoids. If you believe in the seven deadly sins, trust me, these are some of the deadliest sins in pipeline and account management you will ever hear. And the data today is brought to us by, drumroll drum roll, uh, please, it's Clary. Uh, so I say that because it's a trusted name and the data goes deep and Jamie and I are gonna unpack and unravel two factoids today. So I'm gonna pass the mic to Jamie. We're gonna keep this uh, nice and flowing and Jamie, let's go right into thing number one or factoid number one. Yeah, so for anybody on the call that doesn't know Clary, this is a forecasting tool that's gained a lot of momentum, probably have hundreds or thousands of customers, specifically in the SaaS space. So you're talking about being interconnected into customer CRM in the best tech companies in the land, so to speak. So this data is being pulled directly from other companies' CRMs. And they presented on social media, it was the chief revenue officer who had posted this, and I swiped two of their four findings. Finding number one. Okay, so I want you to picture this. Imagine going into your CRM and all of the pipeline coverage. So all the deals that the team is projecting to win. So we're going to focus in on what's called in commit, which is deals that are going to close in the next 60 days. So finding number one shows. These, these are, sorry to break your flow, Jamie, but these are essentially... Like these are verbal commits. Well, or they're like in or they're written commits contract, but like yeah. committing towards this revenue. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Finding number one, 87% of all of those opportunities that are closing in the next under 60 days have less than one contact per account. Now I'm going to go through a finding, Amar, and then uh, I'm going to kind of talk you through some of the details. We'll discuss it and then we'll go to the next finding. So, of those 87% opportunities, again, I'll repeat it, less than one contact per account, 51% of them had one contact, 36% had zero contacts. Okay? Wow, yeah. So the bigger, and I just kind of wrote this down, the bigger the CRM, the greater, like, and they, they kind of had these notes, that when the database grew beyond like 100,000 records, the data got completely off the rails. So if with, this was a smaller business like ours, you know, the CRM's a little tighter. But as the company got bigger and bigger, more and more records, it was completely off the rails because you have blank accounts. You're, and so one thing that Amar and I are learning as entrepreneurs and, you know, we're preparing ourselves for one day, you know, ideally to be part of a due diligence process, you know, you might sell your business one day that the one of the number one things that happens in due diligence is whether it's a private equity firm or it's a strategic are going to do an evaluation of your show me the goods baby show yeah. me the goods and your future enterprise value at that M&A transaction is actually tied to the validity of who are your customers today who could be your customers in the future and show me who that buying committee is who should we be talking to and so, Amar, like, can you imagine if I came to you and said, okay, we've got like these 20, 30 deals that we feel comfortable 
in over the next X period of time. And in this instance, next 60 days. And the only people I have in there were the original people that filled in the lead form inbound. You know, the director of sales enablement filled in the lead form. Great. That's the only record in the database. No CMO, no CRO, rev ops or anything. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think I think there's two things here, right? So the first is salespeople are wildly, wildly indexing on one relationship based strictly out of comfort. We always seem to think that the person that got us the intro or is our lead into the account has way more power than they do. Now, here's the blunt reality. Not even the CEO is making solo decisions anymore. So this segues into my second point. First, there's a delusion. There is no, there's no polite way of saying it. It is delusional for salespeople like all of us to think that one single individual holds that much sway and power and influence over any decision in a classic B2B model. Number two, as I said, the CEO doesn't even have that sway anymore. So what does that essentially mean? It means that you are now hoping that this person that is your main primary point of contact, your primary stakeholder, is going to fill you in on all of the things happening behind the scenes. Man, that is so utterly dangerous, right? So as a sales leader, the remedy here is actually quite simple. You need a way to populate CRM on B. Now, this is the ideal way. I'm I'm going straight for the ideal, Jamie. But imagine there was a way where you could literally just populate your CRM with all the key stakeholders. So in my rudimentary example, let's say you're targeting human resources, for example, right? And your salesperson has the VP of HR or the VP of people as their primary stakeholder. You got to know who all the directors are, who the managers are potentially. You got to know who the CHRO is. You basically have to now go out, introduce yourself, meet these people, and validate that the need is real. So that's that's what I would say, Jamie. I think that I know you talked about the use case of entrepreneurs like you and I, but there's a way simpler use case, actually, which is imagine the sales leader having to stand up in a board meeting, a CRO or a chief sales officer having to stand up and basically say, I commit that next quarter, this is my commit number, but not really having any type of plus or minus 10% with that. So if you can get to plus or minus 10%, I would say that's fairly respectable. But my goodness, like if you can't get to plus or minus 10, what are we doing here? Well, and I have a real story. This, This is actually happening to us in real time. Now, Listen, guys, I've been audience members. I've been selling for 20 years. Now, in our company, Pipeline Signals, we're in a founder-led sales motion. So like Amar and I are running 25 different things at the same time. At Sales for Life, we had a sales team. And so you take our own best practices and you scale it to internal teammates. But as a founder-led sales organization, sometimes I'll catch myself make this mistake. But this is actually happening in real time. So we got approached in 2021 by a company um, who was really interested in our social selling mastery. Okay. So I carried, as we launched Pipeline Signals, I carried forward 
um, that database and we nurtured them. And ironically, over so what we created something that's called a pipeline coverage, nurturing kind of email sequence. Every week we send them best practices and ideas. A couple months ago, two years later, a couple months ago, the people who were on the database that we had built out, but not the original person I was dealing with at this company, emailed me and said, hey, we have a sales kickoff in July. I want to have a conversation. I want you to come to that sales kickoff. Ironically, we're interested in your account-based sales development program called SPEAR. And we're also interested in signals. What had happened essentially is if I had have just stuck to the original person and just nurtured that person, that person lasted in the business two years, but never was forwarding our information on to the other decision makers. The other decision makers, I, you know, it, it, I wasn't intending, if I hadn't built out this pipeline coverage report of nurturing these other five to 10 different people, I wouldn't have thought to include them. Uh, but thankfully, we did. And now we're finalizing a deal to speak at their sales kickoff. And it kind of shows that the champion who filled in that lead form, as great as they are, they're not internally selling like you think they should exactly. be. And ultimately, you're going to have to do that selling. Now, I, I want to be able to jump to the next finding. Yeah, let's go Finding number two, I think, is more dangerous and scarier. Finding number two. So again, we're looking at deals that are in commit, closing in the next 60 days. 73% of all of those opportunities have zero email communication flow between the seller and the buyers in the last 30 days. So we're recording this, Amar and I are recording this in middle of June, 2023. And I want you to picture that I've said that the close date is July 31st, okay? 45, 40, 50 days from now. And imagine you pulled up all of June and you saw that there was no email flow between myself and the buyers. And I'm telling the board and I'm telling our investors and I'm telling Amar, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to close those deals. Like, what? Our sales cycle at Pipeline Signals is only 38 days. So what are you talking about? Uh, even if you have a sales cycle that's longer, how could you possibly say something's closing in 60 days and you haven't even talked to them in the last that, 30? So, Jamie, here's the thing, right? Like, if we give a little bit of grace to this, because the data is likely skewed, because let's call it the way it is. How many salespeople use CRM religiously? So there's probably a ton of communication that's, I shouldn't say a ton, but there's probably a CRM. Exactly. It's not connected to CRM or it's not being manually logged into CRM. So let's, let's be very like mindful of that. And, and, and just to be conservative, Jamie, let's cut that number in half. That is still wild and it's detrimental for any CRO or chief sales officer or head of sales to walk up to their boss and say, I commit to this number and they're off by a third. But what Amar just said, I wrote this in the newsletter that I wrote. And this, I'm going to read it verbatim. Now, you can argue that people aren't logging this information into CRM, dot, dot, dot. But that was an excuse in 2012 when email to CRM syncs weren't commonplace. We're in the year 2023, Amar. Every CRM syncs to email everyone's got a Zapier or a trade.io that can make this all possible. So 
it, like there's so many tools that make it simple for yeah man i get it i get it but like my gentle pushback on that would be i'm not arguing with the data by the way oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah like the the data is sound but what i am saying is that crm is like kryptonite for salespeople. I, I have trained tens and tens of thousands of salespeople, and I can tell you without even blinking that CRM is the most wonderfully hated sales tool for salespeople. I don't care if you're a BDR or an AE. It is universally hated. Every salesperson dreads using that. But again, going back to our finding here from Clary, if you cut that research study uh, result in half, you are still a sitting duck as a sales leader. Yeah, you're like basically you, waiting for punishment. Yeah, you've told me you're going to close this 50 days from now, yet haven't even spoke to them. They're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. The deal is in contract. The, re the legal team is reviewing the, the statement of work. But there's no flow between us and them. It's just in a dark hole. Exactly. Um, and I wrote this as a note. Let's assume on the on the side that I'm arguing for that the emails are supposed to be synced into your CRM, but there's actually just a lack of conversational activity. That means that the AE and the prospect have not created a work back schedule. So they're not booking a meeting within a meeting. They haven't assembled the buying committee and have said, we're going to meet on this day and this day and this day to work backwards from our ultimate goal, which is we want to close this deal together so that you can implement for August 1. Let's close it by July 31st. So there's no work back schedule. There's Thus, there's no accountability check-in meetings. Thus, there is not uh, a pipeline coverage nurturing like I described to the other stakeholders because the other stakeholders are influencing the deal somehow. You want to make sure that they're warm and fuzzy about the deal. Because there's nothing worse than when you work with a champion and they tell you they're going to sell it internally. And then they come back a week later. They're like, oh, we've got some detractors. Well, because you've asked somebody else to do the selling for you and you haven't warmed the, the other people up. They don't know you. You're as cold as cold could be. But uh, Amar, what are your final thoughts as we my, wrap My up? final thoughts are the following. This stuff is crazy. Like this data just compiles on itself and it gets worse and worse and worse. Okay, so let's let's summarize for the audience here, Jamie. Number one, most salespeople only have one contact in CRM, right? Um, actually, 73% have one contact or less. Half of them have zero contacts, zero contacts. Now, that's already a mess. Why not add to the mess? Here we go. Now the sales reps are going in CRM and saying, I'm going to close this deal by this date. Oh, and by the way, there's no communication being logged or anything. It, we, we sound like a joker profession, don't we? Like what, what kind of professional selling world are we living in? But all of this to say that sales leaders, the stuff that you have to solve for today, I'm getting serious again, by the way. The stuff you have to solve for today has not changed from a decade ago. Accuracy, in forecasting, in account visibility, those are your two main pieces before you can even talk about pipeline creation. May I recommend just one small thing, and I, I know I'm gonna sound biased, you should basically get something that just pre-populates your CRM for you. 
Just make it happen. Relying on salespeople to use Sales Navigator, to use uh, tools like Lucia or Zoom Info, any pull tech or anything that's administrative in nature. Like, come on, who are we kidding? They're salespeople. So make your life easier, make their job easier and get something to help them. That's my final thought, Jamie. How about you? Yeah, my final thought is uh, that's why I wouldn't make the excuse on the CRM uh, integration. So um, this has to be a collective. Listen, sometimes we don't want to have those big macro discussions as an organization. CRM is sometimes felt as an account executive that it's big brother, that don't worry, I've got the deals in flight. I think that ultimately that CROs and even the ELT need to teach the account executives the, 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 the value of your RSUs in this company. The, val the enterprise value of this company is dedicated to us populating a CRM that could be used for marketing campaigns that we could sell this asset one day. I actually don't think enough of that is taught to the AEs that like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. If we do our part to this giant asset, we collectively will reap the value of this asset in the future, but we need to treat it as an asset. Maybe that's like, uh, I think uh, maybe that's like too, too much entrepreneurial in this in it, but I think that's a little too entrepreneurial of you, man. That's I how like, I think it's got to be sold in the following way, which is you're running your own mini business within a business. You're going to carry your own book. By the way, here's some free tools to help you manage your day. Yeah. That's it. And I'm going to ask you from time to time how things are going, and we're both going to use these tools to communicate. I think the case for CRM has become stronger now that post-pandemic, um, more people are remote because it, it just allows for better communication. I use it just for that reason alone. So, hey, we've uh, gone a few minutes over our intended uh, runtime. So we appreciate you sticking around. Uh, this is the Get More at Bats podcast. Subscribe, follow, like, do all those wonderful things. If you need any help, if you want to chat further casually or formally or anything like that, hit Jamie and I up on LinkedIn. We live there. We would love to connect with you professionally. And just offer advice and guidance for whatever you may need in your pipeline generation um, endeavors. So it's Jamie and Amar signing out. Take care. Take care.